Hey everybody, this is Jacob, one of the co-hosts on the Back to Back Films podcast. I'd like to take this moment to talk to you guys about Film is Truth, a video rental store in Bellingham, Washington. I had a hard time finding a movie that I was supposed to watch for a class. Uh, The movie was a celebration. It wasn't on any of the video streaming services or on DVD.com. But they had it at Film is Truth, and they had a wonderful staff that helped me find the movie and others that I wanted to watch. It's located in the Terra Organica market, so you can get your films and your groceries in one go. So give them a shot and enjoy the show. episode of the back to back films podcast this week we're covering keith and we need to talk about kevin for my birthday episode <laughs> uh, as always Woo! we recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing for listening to the episode i'm your host keith this is byron and i'm jake <laughs> and this is not jesse mccartney playing keith this is <laughs> this is the real deal yeah this is keith playing jesse mccartney uh, for sure <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> sometimes i wish he's rich so he, you know. he's rich and he's uh he's pretty good looking he's pretty good looking uh very boyish looks very boyish yeah he's one of those people i just like kind of never grew up physically like he just kind of always looks like a boy like toby mcguire sort of well, yeah yeah toby but, al- mcguire. but also the chick who plays opposite him in this movie too? Like, talk about someone who like never really quote grew up. Like, yeah. you know, it's weird, uh, super weird. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, any updates? Anything? Any fun stuff? Byron and I have been shooting some stuff, but oh, are you nothing? asking? Are you asking me? Uh, I don't think anyone. So, um, the floor is open to anyone yeah, with just an update. Got some projects in the back burner and uh yeah not not much shooting another one of those seahawks things this weekend i don't think i'll be in it oh nice um yeah it's with a goalie guy so it should be should be fun one of the the sounders goalie um totally spacing on his name but uh yeah name drop without the name doing it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Byron and I have been shooting some interviews for the video I'm making. Um, I've shot multiple more interviews on top of that. So now I'm kind of just like starting the editing stuff. And mm-hmm. I got a couple more interviews. I got an interview with the president of Western next week. So that'll be super cool. That's um, sweet. And he'll, yeah, he'll have a cool, he'll lend a nice voice to the video, I think. Um, oh, for sure. He'll get some yeah. of his thoughts on things. You should try and get him but, to uh, bring K-Bike back. <laughs> so this interview is actually about K-Bike <laughs> he, you, know, you know he's going to be like well I don't have any power over that I'm sorry I can't. Yeah, it's a trap it's yeah. a trap Sabah it's a trap yeah. <laughs> I, I expect the interview to be very um, very basic you know he's not going to say anything uh, he's not going to say anything that's past a pretty basic like clean political western positive answer to everything so you know i'm not i'm not walking in like i'm some hotshot journalist ready to drop a bomb or anything right it's it's uh it's more just to have him in the video um 
and having my expectations kind of in line of of what he's gonna say you know so no you gotta grill him like just like <laughs> like, like, like like just do just throw a couple questions in there that are just like make him sweat and they'd be like no i'm just kidding i'm kidding you don't have to <laughs> i wouldn't even know what to ask him, I really, know, to, yeah. like make him because i mean i'm sure he's been like leading up to becoming the president of a university you're vetted <laughs> and you're uh what's the what's the term you're um groomed right yeah. for it so like you know that they were like teaching him how to cover his own ass and you could like and, you could really fuck with them this is probably be this is a really bad thing to do but you could like be like so what do you think of the allegations against you uh in regards to what's been going on <laughs> in the political climate and and the entertainment world and he'd just probably freak out <laughs> god what do you have to say so about bad. the allegations of your pro-trump stance on things <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> you'd be like uh <laughs> man yeah no i don't i don't uh don't expect it to no. be crazy or he's, he's he seems really nice so yeah I mean, he'll, he'll probably be really straight to the straightforward and yeah. to the point he'll be he'll be concise i'm sure with everything exactly and I'm, I'm more interested in getting his like particular sound bites and then maybe a like these are the issues i'd like to tackle. like yeah. these are some of the things i notice and maybe we can you know see some yeah. sort of change in the future that type of answer you know i mean just to have the president of the of the of the university talking about the topic that you're talking about yeah uh it will yeah like you said earlier i just will make the video that, 10 times better yeah. i think just having yeah. that voice i mean even if it is like cookie cutter sound yeah, bites it's exactly. still it's still like damn they got the press you yeah know? exactly yeah exactly gives it some authority um, for sure authority yeah i was thinking authority and it gives a gives a video some credit um mm -hmm. so yeah um cool do we have any Film news, topics, anything oh. we want to talk about in that regard before we jump right into this? Because I don't have a, I don't have a ton to say about either movie, um, and I imagine we're going to keep this episode a bit shorter anyway. Yeah. But if there's anything, um, you know, gosh, I feel movie like wise, there is something. But uh, did you guys watch the Infinity War teaser? Trailer? Oh yeah, I did. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. But I mean, it hardly showed anything. So I mean, it doesn't yeah. look anything special to me. Didn't I mean, it show the Guardians of the Galaxy entering the? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Just a I little think bit. The most interesting thing about it was the uh, Chris Pratt had a mustache. I think that, <laughs> that was the most interesting <laughs> thing to me. Doesn't look like Chris Pratt anymore with a mustache. It's really weird. Uh, I, I thought it, I thought it might be a little bit of an improvement. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like him he's just not my favorite you know i'm not on the chris pratt uh frat <laughs> the, the chris, chris pratt, pratt, pratt. Frat. that's funny the I, pratt, pratt. I think well, he's yeah, hilarious I mean, but parks and rec like, no i mean he is freaking awesome but as far as him being like a huge hot ticket item i don't really get it but I you know I mean I don't really understand why like Jennifer Lawrence is like a hot ticket item like I, I don't understand why right, really yeah. anybody gets how or why anybody gets to that point anyways it, it's such a weird thing I mean there are a few exceptions for me I mean like DiCaprio I mean I think he's in like Daniel Day Lewis I think like those guys are known because of their talent because they are talented whereas yeah I don't know, like Chris Pratt like I mean he's good in the roles that he's famous for. But could he like turn around and do something like what you know fucking 
like know, a serious like, role, yeah, like, like a I, like I, a really stripped down kind yeah. of character study type. I role, mean, maybe maybe, maybe he know. could, maybe he could surprise me. I mean, like. I never saw Passengers, yeah. so I don't know if yeah. that was the type of role. I mean, like, you know, like... It, uh, it wasn't that kind of a role for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, like, um, Steve Carell, I mean, you know, he he did really good with Foxcatcher, and he, he's he's been able to, you know, transcend his roles that he, you know, like 40-year-old virgin and his character in The Office. and um, But but there, there's some that I think never will or can't, and I'm not uh, oh, for necessarily sure. saying... I'm not necessarily saying that Chris. I mean, I want him to prove me wrong. It's yeah. a challenge. Yeah, like sure. Uh, but, I mean, like I don't think uh, the Rock, like the Rock, he's not gonna come. Well, I guess he kind of did with Ballers. He kind of has like a character, like a character focused kind of show. Yeah, um, I think the best thing he's ever done is Pain and Gain. I think because hmm. it because it, he does both comedy and he does serious in that movie. It's both. I think the, his best role so far is Rampage. <laughs> the new movie? <laughs> the new movie coming out. Oh, oh, oh. Based off I the old even, school video even, game. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> it's so stupid. I watched that trailer. It's just like so stupid, dude. It's it literally does. just it King looks, Kong. It looks dumb. It looks It looks like... It looks super dumb. Like how Pixels, the Adam Sandler movie, like mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. that looked dumb. And this is like has the same level of like dumbness. You know, like, actually, you know, it was funny about Adam Sandler is that he was actually really good in serious roles. Oh, like he needs 100%. to do more. He needs to do more of that. He's, he's good. He's great in funny people. He's great in that punch, punch, punch drunk, drunk love. love. Yeah, he's good when he has people who can rein him in. Right. I think part of the problem with Adam Sandler is that he's like, I'm Adam Sandler. Like, you can't tell me like what is good and what's I make millions yeah, of dollars fuck yeah, you yeah. you know what i mean like right and it's also like he like people just want him like netflix gives him money for him and not for anyone else yeah you know yeah it's he's he's good at he's good at he's good at delivering himself which i think it, it, because he still has a fan base that's still going strong he's allowed he's been allowed to keep doing the adam sandler thing but you know, I think there have been some roles that have taken him out of that, but they, I, I just, I think because he's so busy just doing his own thing, the Adam Sandler machine, yeah. um, he doesn't do it as often as maybe like, maybe other people would want, but yet he's still successful with the, what he is doing. So right. he's got that basic odd, like he's the basic audience pleaser, like, yeah. The people who don't, who only watch movies once in a while, they just want to chuckle. They don't care about anything besides it just being a basic movie. Like, that's yeah. his audience. And there's a yeah. lot of people who want that. Like, there's just yeah. a lot of, especially like older people, you know, I think. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking I, I like would, parents and stuff. Yeah, I would argue most people want that. Like, the, the why. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I. And I think Will Ferrell does that too. I mean, like I think he he can play straight. He can play a really serious role pretty well too. But he doesn't land those parts as often as he does his kind of goofy stuff because it's maybe not generally what most people want, or it's right. just not what people generally perceive of him. Um, because then you get stuff like 
for example, John C. Riley, and we need to talk about Kevin. Like, right. you're expecting him to be a fucking, which he kind of is, is a goofball, in the sense that he in the in the movie like doesn't even take his life seriously. He's just kind of like, oh, it's whatever, you know. But yeah. you yeah. kind of expect him just to be a be like Will Ferrell's fucking stepbrother or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. What's kind of cool about John C. Riley is he's actually throughout his whole career has balanced the comedy slash like. I'm going to do a comedy goofy character and then I'm going to do something more, a little bit more serious. And I'm going to do something that's kind of like in between both. And then yeah. I'm going to go do something goofy again. And he's kind of always rid that or like rode that line. Um, yeah. His whole career. And it's actually impressive that he's been able to do that. It's not, so not, long. not only that, but he also kind of, uh, rides the line between art house and studio. Like, I feel like I see him in like art right. house films, like all the time. And then like, yeah, right, exactly. out, right after that, he's in like, you know, the new King Kong. And it's like, how is he just, he's everywhere, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, he's in a Roman Polanski film with Kate Winslet and Jodie Foster and Christoph Waltz. Like, you <laughs> never think it, but like he is and he does a great job in it. He, he His performance is, I think, maybe one of the best of his career in that film. And then I just think like his most well-known are always his comedic ones. Exactly. Cause they're the ones that are, you know, yeah. that most people see, right. um, you know, uh, yeah. Like I who bet wants you to go see a pedophiles know. film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you most people don't know that Adam Sandler does like more serious roles at all. No, probably yeah, not. Right. Probably not. I mean, I think unless you're a Paul Thomas Anderson fan fan, you probably didn't really see punch drunk love. Right. right. Probably not. That is like the standout, like dramatic role for him, but he, he's done some other ones too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is funny too. His role is like, he plays his, he plays it straight yet. It's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's which so, isn't, yeah. It, it, which is interesting for him because he's normally so kind of, uh, I don't know. Goofy isn't quite the right word. I mean, I don't know. I guess it, you know he he does have a range, even in his kind of more goofier roles, where he, sometimes he plays the the character that's kind of out of you know f- fish out of water, and sometimes he just mm-hmm. plays like a dumb character, or sometimes he just plays like kind of like the you know the, the the poor husband that needs a break, and then you know you know type of thing. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, like the Family Man um, type roles. But yeah, yeah, I guess as news or topics or i can't really think of anything i mean yeah, i know that yeah. some of the i mean this is movie season now so a lot of the the movies are coming out like the the trailer for um all the money in the world just dropped with uh, christopher Plummer in it instead of um kevin spacey oh, so that wow. was kind of cool they like because they filmed they filmed it thanksgiving weekend oh wow so and the trailer is out. fucking already out so they're like the they're footage. in full on damage control yeah. with case with Spacey right Cause now because it comes out December twenty second wide release. Oh, so they have to refilm the whole movie essentially. Well, just all his parts, all yeah. His parts, and I guess but... he 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 uh, he filmed for seven or eight days. Mm. Kevin mm. Spacey, so they so have to doable. film all that, but they have to bring in Michelle. Yeah. Um, Williams so and Mark Wahlberg. Holy shit! So dude. I'm guessing they haven't completed all of his filming yet. But oh, I bet there is. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of. Well, I don't know actually, because it wasn't. It wasn't due to like an accident or anything. It was actually well. But then again, he probably breached some sort of contract, Kevin Spacey. 
Yeah, I don't know. They were that's what they were saying, and that's his contracts. You know, they have lawyers on both sides combing through to figure out what's what happened, where they can draw the line and stuff like that. But I would, it's hard to say because if they just straight up terminate him, yeah, because I, I, he, I, I guarantee you, he still got paid. Right, exactly. He did and the I think, work. like, it, at that point, when you're a certain person, your contracts basically state: if I get terminated, you're still going to pay mm-hmm. me X amount. Like, I mean, it's just like uh, Sienna Miller still got paid for the scenes that were completely cut in um, Black Mass, mm-hmm. and because um, she still one did the work. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Like the editing um, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right. how much screen time you had. It yeah. matters how much time you were there for production. It'd be weird to get paid, like you know. Eight hundred thousand dollars or two million bucks for something, you know, that you did, and then just like your whole part is not even in the movie. Like right? that'd be trippy yeah. as hell. Yeah. Well, it's just like uh, what's her name in Hateful Eight? Um, Zoe Bell's or was oh, it Zoe yeah. Bell? Her Zoe character. Bell. Basically, that whole storyline got cut out. Yeah. You know, and then she kind of has a couple of drop-ins here and yeah, there. Yeah. But she has a few good lines and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, cool. Um. Then let's switch gears here and talk about our main topic this week, which is all things me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. At but least, at least in name wise. At least with the first film, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, first one's the Kevin one. So <laughs> the first one is the Keith one. Oh. Easy, easy, easy title. Just Keith. Um, so yeah, Keith was made in 2008. Basic little plot summary here. Natalie has it all. Yearbook editor, scholarship to college, star athlete, reigning social queen. Then Keith enters her life. Secretive and enigmatic, he slowly lures her from her comfort zone. As Natalie's world slowly unravels, both their lives are changed forever in this powerful love story. Um... (laughs) So that was a very condescending uh, plot summary. I will say that was literally out of IMDb. The, I actually had the to cut the cadence. To, the cadence at the end of the plot summary was perfect. I had to cut a chunk out of the IMDb like summary because it was so long too, which but. is weird for this movie. I know they had to like tell you every little thing that happened in there. She's a star summary. athlete and she has going to college and she's <laughs> it's like, you could have just said she has it all. Yeah. And then whatever, you know? Uh, so the film stars Jesse McCartney, Elizabeth Harnoy. I'm going to say a Harnoy. Yeah. Um, just, I think it's, I'm guessing French and Ignacio Serracio. Ignacio Serracio. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> you got it. Um, it was written by David Zabel and Todd Kessler. <laughs> Do what I want. Uh, I don't want to talk about this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Let's go. <laughs> so it was written by David Zabel and Todd Kessler, and was a, uh, directed by Kessler. Uh, the film is based on the short story Keith by Ron Carlson. Uh, there's pretty much nothing interesting surrounding this movie's production. Um, probably the most interesting factoid is that Jesse McCartney was 22 at the time of filming, and Elizabeth Harnoy was 29. Yeah, she's playing a fucking 17 or 18 year old chick and she's 29 years old. 12 I mean, she years d- honestly, older. she does kind of, I mean, she does look her character's age, though. Oh, kinda. yeah. That's what I'm saying. She's one of those people like, that, like, like McCartney, who just, like, didn't age yeah, past a weird. certain, like, you know, and I don't even know, I have no idea what she looks like now, so. Uh, but she looks almost the same. I mean, a little does different. She? But she, like, a little gained some weight and stuff, but. 
the usual thing actors do when they're not like <laughs> acting like, pretty yeah. typical i saw dan Aykroyd recently and he's like huge oh dude. yeah he's like really <laughs> yeah. big so um but yeah that's that's uh pretty much all i have to say in terms of <laughs> Like, and I'm not I'm not even doing that as being a douche because I because of the movie, but there's actually like not a lot to say about the movie. Like Yeah, I couldn't find much about it at all and I uh yeah. I mean we're not going to go into <laughs> I mean I feel like Jacob loved this movie. So I'm sure he's got yeah, a ton of things to say. Cute, cute man. Oh yeah, oh, she does gosh. look pretty much exactly the same. Oh she gosh. looks like a fucking kid, dude. It's yeah, crazy. It's weird. She's like she 39 does. now. 39. Right? She's got to be, right? 2008, right? When it made 10 years. Yeah, like almost what? 10 years. Almost 10 so, years. Yeah. Wow. Well, huh. well, you know you know what perfectly sums up this movie for me? Like, production, the end, end product, is that the film found its popularity worldwide after its initial release and was named a hidden gem by the readers of BuzzFeed in an article by Alexis Ned. So, this is a Buzz, <laughs> this is a BuzzFeed film. It's like a it's oh, like yeah. a this is like hey, here's like the hidden gem from like if you want that 90s movie uh that came out after the 90s. <laughs> Here it yeah. is. You know, it's like that nostalgic like Totally. millennial movie for like if you want like a feel good like easy going kind of night you know but i i feel like it wasn't even their intention to make a 90s movie like they just made it because the guy yeah I don't know. like to be honest it kind of felt like it was made by someone who didn't watch like movies yeah yeah, you know what much. I mean? I can, like, I can, yeah. I can see that. It almost like yeah, it, it, it's like a spaghetti western to '90s like like teen dramas. You know, because what it what it is is it it to me it it felt like it was made by someone who 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 looks at the story, looks at the script, and does it the, in the most straight workable way possible doesn't even try to kind of even like play with it at all like it's yeah, it's purely the, the the safest the most like simple um uh efficient uh way and, and all the while maintaining like traditional uh and um cliched uh genre trope um, material yeah. and, it, and it's not that it takes away from the movie in the sense it's just it's it's so generic um right that it that it it just it's it is what it is like it's not it i don't know i don't know it's hard to kind of explain really so i'm reading here that kessler the director before this his big claim to fame was working on blues clues yeah i was just going to mention that too yeah because blues uh, clues was oh, that's fascinating Right. I mean, and I could see because Blue's Clues is again, it's super traditional in the sense of like yeah. just you know very kid friendly and it's safe. Um, besides the fact that the guy didn't, <laughs> the dude have like some issues. Yeah, the Steve or whatever. Yeah. He had major issues. Yeah, but the show itself, I mean, like it, it, it is very straightforward. I mean, it's simple. There's nothing like you know crazy about it. But like, I, I mean, obviously, it's a kids movie or show, but. I don't know. Um, I just felt like it was almost like a made-for-TV movie. 
Yeah, actually, it did feel that way. Of, yeah, it has that kind of cheapness to it. Like it, it doesn't like it doesn't feel like it's trying anything. You know how movies like always try new things when you watch them, but this is it felt like I had seen this like a million times before. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And like in and like what he said, it felt like a nineties movie even though it was made twenty years later, you know, or eighteen years later or whatever. So dumb. Like, like a guy oh, who sure. like was he was someone who was trying to like oh, I can relate to these nineties people even though he has no concept of like the nineties, like I mean even the, the, the dude uh uh the dude at the beginning that like has a thing for the chick and he's got like the the Guido uh, Raphael Ignacio yeah, like he even like I mean like that <laughs> like his whole character I mean like the it, he like doesn't look like 17 or 18 he looks like he's like 25 yeah and he probably was 25 you know like that and like even that is in like all those fucking TV movies and all the 90s yeah. movies you know yeah. like it's the same like everything about it was the same as stuff that I had seen when I was young and like disney tv movies or some shit you know right <laughs> it does, yeah it, this feels like an like a did like the people who like did disney tv movies got together afterwards and were like hey let's just do this again without disney yeah yeah it, and I, I what's weird is like i i'm guessing what's weird about it is i can kind of see why maybe some people really dig it because it's like a nostalgia thing for me i will never never get nostalgic for a movie like this but maybe there are some like you know, maybe I'm thinking maybe it, maybe it's stereotypical to say, but maybe like girls that grew up in the same era that we did. Right. That yeah, want yeah. to see to see what they oh like. Oh, remember when we had a crush on Shia LaBeouf when he was in the Disney movies? Like those movies were so cute and so cool. And then this one came out, you know, later and they could like enjoy the same um like I said, genre tropes and the same like story and characters oh, yeah. just with different newer actors. <laughs> I feel like yeah. the director is even trying to be nostalgic in casting Jesse McCartney too. Like, how do we like reach, how do we reach these kids? Like, you know, that type of shit. Like, I don't even know who he is. Fucking pop star kid. Really? Yeah, See, I didn't even yeah, know he, singer, he was like, like a big Disney guy and he, he had like a band. And stuff. Yeah, he, he was kind shit, of a big. He was, he was a. He's kind of a big deal. He even he came to Western for a little while. He's a big deal. Yeah. When I was at Western, he came to Western, and a lot of people went to his show, and it was like, oh, you went to that McCartney show, and they were like, yeah, he's just on drugs, but it was really cool to be there again, and it was like, wow, all these people like are nostalgic for this guy. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I, I've never even heard of him. Like uh, that's weird. I didn't even know that. I mean, because he's his, his character. He didn't not, nothing about him like like I mean I looked at him and he looked like the guy like that I would see in my school that like I don't know the outcast weird kid not, like yeah that but like <laughs> I, I mean I liked a, a lot of the, a lot of the outcast weird kids in school but like so he he seemed like he'd be like the kid that like would uh, like like ride the line between like preppy and but yet he would do his own thing yeah like like cool. like like he he wanted to be like yeah like he like it was like this narcissistic thing where it's like yeah. i'll be an outcast but at the same time like 
I could hang out with all the preps and, and all the popular kids oh, that yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, like he's like super cool, but then he's like, but I do my own thing. Like you guys can't have this. Yeah. Uh, this but, it's, but it's a fucking act. It's like a yeah. fucking act. Though. Oh yeah. The movie oh, starts with him being like, Oh, I found a new project. Like that's such a fucking sociopath, narcissistic <laughs> thing to say, dude. Like, Oh, I'm just going to start this project. My projects actually work. Like, trying to fucking manipulate another person like that's so fucking yeah like, yeah actually i, I yeah that that, that yeah. whole that whole deal was dumb too which you know like yeah oh god don't get me started never mind <laughs> what, one thing, <laughs> we'll get one, into it yeah one, one thing i wanted to mention was how uh this movie i feel like it 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 appeals to women in high school um, yeah. you know, I feel like most women you ask, they go through that bad boy phase, you know, um, and you know, I grew up with two sisters, so I know a little bit more, but not everything about women, obviously, cause I'm a dude. Um, so, you know, correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong, listeners or anyone, uh, who feels like it, but, uh, you know, w- women they'll like go through, maybe go through a bad boy stage. Not all of them do. Um, and uh but i a big part of that is wanting to fix the guy um yeah and it's not not really about being bad yourself but like finding him and like oh i can correct him i can like set him on his path and this movie and, and most of the time that just falls away and you never fix him and you just end up walking away but this movie instead of walking away she gets to fix him and like, even though she can't actually fix him because he has cancer, she gets to like be in his truck <laughs> and like go do the things that like live his life for him, which is like the ultimate like I'm gonna fix you. And I feel yeah. like that's like a dream of women like early in life, um, you know, in their teens, uh, to be able to like do that, you know? Yeah, because so. also in in support of that too, it's like, you know. The the dude that she's with initially is like, what is there to fix? Like, you know, he's pretty straightforward person. He's he's trying to like, oh, we can take our time. And oh, I got the lake house and oh, everyone likes me. And oh, I'm like, got the Spanish accent. Like there's nothing to quote unquote fix. Right. He's he's got it all, man. That's what I'm saying. He's got it all. Fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. I, I definitely think that that's uh, I think, yeah, their target for this movie was definitely like females of a certain age, which and again, I feel that's a little like kind of weird. Why? Because like <laughs> the guy just made fucking blues clues or whatever. Yeah, the fuck. right. Like, it's just I don't know. It just feels kind of odd. I don't know. I just I just the whole vibe of it, like even the casting of the main chick, like she didn't do anything wrong. It's just like but it's just this weird thing where it's like the the. It's like, it's like the the director and everybody like they knew that she was twenty nine playing an eighteen year old and it's like this weird like, like, like infantile fetish thing that I was like getting like I'm reading way too into it but it's just like I just I he just, did work for Nickelodeon who is also where is what's his name was it Dan Harmon or whatever his name is yeah um, Dan Harmon yeah who's uh, very very well known for uh, allowing kids to sit on his lap pretty often so yeah. um you know working for nickelodeon i can only imagine the pedophilic fucks that yeah like i just i just i just there. got that weird kind of like like when i was the one i thought about it not just from the movie you know like i'm not watching it and i'm like 
like, oh, I can see that, you know, I'm just like, as I'm watching it, I'm like thinking about it, yeah. you know, I'm just thinking about how this was made, how this was cast. And I'm like, and I'm, I just started like reading maybe too much into it, but it just, it just, it just was odd. I don't know. It's just one of those movies, man. I just like, why even fucking make it for me? That's my thing. Like, why like, did the wh- movie like, need to get made? Why did it need to get made? And why? Like, I, I just, I get, and this is just a purely opinion thing. I just don't understand why anybody would be ever, like ever be interested in making a movie like that like seriously you have fun like like filming a scene in front of a campfire like like a a high school like party in a campfire that's like super generic that you've seen before like you have fun making that i guess but it's like yeah it's nothing new like it's like oh here here's the generic campfire scene here's the stock scene where they're making out in the car here (laughs) this this movie is just stock scenes put together in like, like a giant package well, yeah, I get the feeling that the director just didn't live this out. It's like he's living this life that he wanted vicariously through this movie, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and that's he was maybe what, like yeah. a nerd in high school yeah. who didn't get invited to the brick or whatever they called it. Like, but okay, so like for me, that was me. Brick. That was me, man. I never, I never got like invited. Is that to what that it's sort called? Of, I can't remember. I never I, like. I got oh yeah, the brick that that, shit. Yeah, that is. You never went to the brick, Byron. You got to go to the brick. No, man. no. But the thing is, is like I, I. If I, as a person that never did that, if I was going to make, like, a film about it, man, I'd make, like, the most, like, crazy fucking thing, man. It'd be, like, Wolf of Wall Street on fucking steroids. You know? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to want to live a, a, a party scene, or even in high school, like, I'd make the best fucking one possible in my head, which would be, like, way crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this wasn't crazy at all. This movie yeah. could have been or, or way better... The, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Man. I was just going to say, or go, go the opposite. Do something that, like, it feels super crazy to the kids who are doing it, but it's actually not. So, yeah. So we right. get to watch them be, like, hardcore and have, like, Coke, you know? Coke, Coke, no, yeah, yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola. Basically. Yeah, Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, their parties, like, they didn't imply anything going on at their party. Like, they implied kids dancing. There wasn't, like, yeah. what kids actually do, which is, like, drink and smoke a bunch of weed and, yeah. you know, like, that, you right. know. Um, I mean, I was waiting for them to go romple off in the woods and like carve a heart in a tree and their initials. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was Robin Hood. about as tame as like the the only conflict that ever happened at the party was when the main character lady like went out and started dancing a little bit more hardcore, more punkish, maybe maybe more a little more ravish for Raphael, you know and he was like oh what's wrong with her and that was that was the most conflict we saw at the dance thing <laughs> that was that woman stepping out of her boundary man yeah like yeah. she finally so that's what he was saying <laughs> yeah she like steps out of her shell and he's like ew women should be in their shell that's yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's all yeah. that sort of weird stuff that's like yeah yeah, I, I honestly, this movie could have been way better had they gone way darker with it. Like, oh, if yeah. they would have made the titular Keith character, like, like instead of being this kind of, like, offbeat but still approachable guy, if they would have just made him fucking, like, really dark and then, you know, corrupting her or whatever, then yeah. that would have been more interesting, right. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, like you said, they this director did not know what to do. He didn't understand. The director doesn't understand subtext. He just like lay it out for you. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have her. We'll have her be like, I don't care who you are. I just want to be with you, and I'm gonna cry on your front door. Yeah. And bleh, like, oh god, dude. Could just you like, imagine just- if Kevin from We Got to Talk About Kevin 
was <laughs> Keith in this movie. There you go. Like if yeah. that character was Keith, that would have been a sick movie. Like she's trying to fix him and everyone yeah. knows that he cannot be fixed and that he's going to just shoot out the school spoilers. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> my God, that would have been sick. That would have been, that would have been I a mean, gross yeah, movie. Cause but- it, cause it, because because then you could like play with the fact that like she was like almost like an accomplice in it because she knew but yet like yeah dude it could go yeah. it could go crazy well uh i feel like uh we need to talk about kevin but uh keith would have been a great movie had it ended with them just have like that if the truck would have just went off the cliff with both of them in the back of the yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, so our second film is we need to talk about Kevin made in 2011 Uh, Kevin's mother struggles to love her strange child despite the increasingly dangerous things he says and does as he grows up but Kevin is just getting started and his final act will be beyond anything anyone imagined <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the film stars Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley, Ezra Miller, and Jasper Miller. Uh, it was written by Lynn Ramsey and Rory Stewart Kenner. It was directed by Lynn Ramsey. Uh, like Keith, we need to talk about Kevin as an adaptation, but from a novel instead of a short story. Um, also, two big name executive producers attached to this film, which I didn't know at the time. Uh, Steven Soderbergh was attached to this, and Christine Langan. Um, the head of BBC Films. Wow. So that's why this film kind of was being floated around for a while. Um, yeah, Lynn Ramsey has a good uh, uh, rapport with the BBC. I could see that, yeah. yeah. Uh, the film spent around five years in development, mostly due to fin- financing issues. Initial drafts of the script required a high budget, so Ramsey had to rewrite the script to accommodate a smaller budget. Um, John Greenwood of Radiohead composed the film's score. The film was a bit different than the book, uh, naturally, because it's a movie, but most notably with the lack of an unre- unreliable narrator, which the book has, um, I feel like in this Tilda Swinton's character is a f- doesn't do anything that that makes you think, oh, like she is lying to you, you know. Right. Uh, and despite everything, the film went on to be very well received, but it wasn't financially successful. Um. So the one thing I did want to say about this though is. The, it would be more interesting. Oh shoot! I forgot to do something. Shoot! Uh, it would be more interesting if um, the Kevin character was in Keith, but at the same time, Kevin just needs to be punched in the face. Like, <laughs> just fucking slap the kid once, dude, and fucking like just. I mean, goddamn! Like, do something. Like she did, but then she just, felt bad. She felt so bad. And then bad. she got all manipulated by him and be like, oh, I'm going to... The kid was like, oh, I'll do whatever I want. And if you try to discipline me, I'll tell everyone what actually happened. And it's just like, just fucking slap the kid in the goddamn face, dude. Like, <laughs> right. And just fucking teach I, him, like, what the hierarchy uh, really is. Like, I, I feel so like stupid. the reason she, she didn't die at the end was because of that incident. Like, I feel like he didn't kill her because he's afraid of her. Still, I don't I, think he's afraid. I, I, think, I think it's so that she could live her life in the most miserable, most miserable way possible. Oh yeah, that could be it. Too. Like, I think, yeah, that's what it was. I, I that's think, what it was. I think, yeah. I think it's like I hate you so fucking much, just like I've hated you so fucking much my entire life. 
that I'm going to do something so fucking terrible that's going to beat everything else that I've done. And there is nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Um, and I think that's why like the movie starts off with flashes, you know, like it, it, it the whole movie is her living miserably. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. yeah, right. From well, I think f- maybe from her perspective that could, that could be the case, but I could also see from his perspective that he is afraid of her. Like I could see both of those kind of, I like those could be the same thing. See, you, I don't you know think what I mean? Because I, I never got that. That's so interesting because I never just got that feeling. I mean, like every single thing that he did, everything to me seemed like he was so calculated and so right. thought out or so like just to fucking rub her the wrong way. Like, you know, like he's already looking at the door when she opens the door as he's like masturbating. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's he's not like he's not looking a straight ahead, then turning his head as she's opening the door to look at her as he's jacking off. Like right, he's, his, right. he's already looking at the door, like, like everything yeah. he did. Right. Uh, like the whole room being completely immaculate, nothing uh, that showed his personality at all in the whole room That's until true. she yeah. founds those fucking discs as she puts it in and, you know, virus. <laughs> like, like it just shows like the fact that he had thought that, well, you know what? There's going to be a day where he, she, she's going to go through my room and she's going to find something and I'm going to have it be this. And yeah. It's going to be her little like shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, which I, I think is fascinating to me and which I, I actually loved his character because the whole time I was thinking, I'm like the whole time I was thinking that watching the movie, I'm like, you know what? People are going to hate this guy. But that's why I like him, because because, because he's, he's the worst. He's the he's the complete and like he's not even a hero but he's he's the complete he's yeah he's like the worst possible thing you can imagine your son being in high school or growing up the problem is is that he had no reason right besides being a fucking sociopath that's the whole point when he says to her he has no reason to. he says it himself he's like that's the point there is there is no point yeah um like that he, just makes me think you're a little bitch, dude. Like well, you're I just know, a little bitch. The whole movie, I just think, <laughs> wow, this guy's a little bitch. He needs to have someone <laughs> fucking just pummel his ass into the ground and fucking like stop being a little vagina. Uh, dude. Like, <laughs> sorry, I, I don't want to say don't be a little vagina. That's, that's not. Are you just sure you're, you're bitch, not just dude. mad because his name is Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like I think, I think, but that's why I liked it is because because he is such a slime ball. Like yeah. he, because like I, I mean, I obviously I like I know that the guy is in the wrong, but that's why I liked him. But his character was flat. There was no complexity to the fact that he was a slime ball. No, no, like yeah, they were just like, oh, he's a slime ball because he's a slime ball. Like, like most people who are slime balls, most kids who grow up who shoot up a school. It's not because it's like there's things that lead to that. There's complexity, there's complication, there's there's things about their life, whether which most likely is them just being whiny little bitches but yeah. at the same time there's something about their life whereas like the only thing that you could possibly imply about kevin that would make him be the way he is is the one scene where she's sitting in the hospital bed after the birth and she's kind of just staring off in the distance and she's kind of like disconnected that's it there's that and there's also the scene when she is reading him this the book and it's about knights and arrows and it's very subtle, but the fact that she's talking about arrows makes him 
get hostile to the dad for the first time ever yeah. and yeah. close to the mom because she's found something that has interested him. And there's a definite change there because you're like, oh, why is he suddenly really into the mom now? It's not until a couple scenes later when you see him with the kid arrow and then it you know uh, cuts to him with the adult you know arrow and yeah. when, he's, well, when he's more But the more thing is is that, that you're like, oh shit. The kid is already how old and he's got this issue. It's like there's still nothing nothing in his life that his parents have like Whatever jobs they have well, that are I, super I, fucking makes them pretty I mean, wealthy. I, like, there's this, nothing in his life that's like, yeah. oh, I need to be well, a little shit. I, I know, but there the, is though. There is. There is though for me. For me, like, it's what? the fact that Tilda Swinton didn't didn't want to be a mom from the get go. She did not want to be a mom. She did it for John C. Riley. She herself never wanted to be a mom. She wanted to travel. She wanted to just do her thing. That's why the son from a very when she first when he was first born was crying. It's like this, like, it's like almost this supernatural thing where like through the, the, the. Like auras. It's like auras. Yeah. yeah, He just knew that she never really wanted him, even though she, you know, I think maybe did love him eventually at one point. Then she, he still was like, no. She still put in all the effort. And that comes down more to like John C. Riley just being like his character, just being a fuck the whole, like (laughs) just being like, dude, just. Ah, like Whoa. stop living in your little bubble and fucking like, you know, pay attention a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, that comes down more to him Whereas she right. was like, okay, I don't want to be a mother for some reason. She agrees to it. But even despite all that is still like trying to be, do them things mothers do. Right. And so to me, it's just like, there's Kevin is just being a little cunt to be a little cunt. <laughs> like really? I, well, I, I think, yeah, I think the, the, if we give Kevin a re- a reason, then the horror is kind of cheapened a little bit. Like the like not the, really. Well, I mean, if we have a reason, then we we expect something. We have an expectation. Like if he has an abusive home life, or or really anything that kind of sprouts the like a serial killer um, type or a mass shooter type. But like one of the things that like drives people nuts is like not having a reason you know like if bringing up recent mass shootings like the vegas shooter like that guy when at least i i don't i didn't follow up any information but at least in like the three days after when i was looking at that uh shooting like there was nothing like no signs or warnings that he was gonna do something like that and that is horrific because that's like could be anyone you know, could I mean, anyone on the street could happen anywhere. But like, I think in our, I like to think that people who are, who have abusive home lines are, are, are getting help or people who are in mental institutions are in men- mental institutions, like away from society, but just, it's the regular people that are capable of doing this stuff. It, that's what's really frightening for me. Well, and, and there are people that have done that. There are people there that, that have that, that, that don't have like that typical like sick mind that are like they they, they're almost they're smart they're they're very intelligent that do these crazy things for literally no fucking reason for the fact that they know that they would be the like the epitome of evil and that's for some reason what they want but you see the movie even ends with him being like 
oh, I used to think I knew, but now I don't. And then him being like, wow, that's kind of making me regret things because of like, I didn't have to, you know, like he's kind of realized like, hey, like after all this time sitting in jail that me being a little shit for no, no point so that that's the point was kind of stupid. Like that's how he, that's the whole, and then he hugs his mother. Like there's sort of this reconnection right. there. Like, But like, is that honest though? Or is that like just another like manipulation that he's doing to make her feel horrible? Like, I, I like, don't get the vibe that I, she felt horrible. After I, that, I, fe- I feel like that it might be like, you know, phase two. That there's always that that there's always something else like because it's just like every single thing that he did in the whole movie just leads to something greater and greater and greater and greater in the sense of what he's, you know, just something that will just rub her the wrong way. I didn't get that vibe at all. But yeah, it's tough. And that's why I like this movie so much is I've seen it so many times because it's the way it's edited, you know, like you can just pick up on these little things that you don't necessarily pick up i mean like when i watch it again there's this one scene where she's like in for some reason like this elevator like this warehouse elevator and it's just a shot of her like going down oh because they were living in the city okay they yeah. lived in an apartment so like it was this like really interesting shot and it's like it didn't really connect to anything before it yeah no it did because she was like Oh, I will never move out of the city. And then it shows her going to sat down, kind of locked away. And then the next thing is like them moving into the suburbs. Okay. Yeah. It's, but I just like, there's like these little scenes and stuff where it's, you know, she's just singled out and is doing these. I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, I just yeah, think like there's many interpretations. Like, okay, how do you have like the best characters in cinema are characters who are complex? So See, I, I would agree, disagree with that. What's a great character in cinema that's not a complex character? Go, I mean, you could Google it and try and find the answer. I, mean, I, I like, guess what, was your, what would your definitions head? of complex be then, I guess? Like complex and like you see him or her like in varying types of emotion or like they play the other characters or like like play other characters like within the film. Like the... They're they're fucking with the other characters or no complex in the sense that like there's you're not single minded like how a normal human is complex generally like we all have our own shit going on different emotions different opinions we're all trying to balance things out like there's Hmm. different problems issues obstacles things we like whatever to that come together to make a person well I mean so for for me like. Real quick, uh, like Ryan Gosling's character in Drive, it doesn't seem to me like super complex, but I think he's an interesting. Uh, character. He, he is more. He is more complex though, as much as as he's like, what like maybe like emotionally one dimensional. He's still got these like beliefs that pop in, and like he's still really willing to fight for things, and like there's still a complexity right. between this balance of like the kid and the wife and he's not trying to step in on the wife but he's still trying to do these things right there's complexity there but kevin was literally just like kevin shit but then kevin seems to be complex in the same way just in the opposite way but there's no reasoning there's there's no there's no opposite way to be gossing's character other other than the fact that he has like morals whereas this character he's friendly to his dad but in the case of drive you get the sense that gosling has he has a character that you feel like has a history like at some point Refin or the uh, screen I can't remember the screenwriter's name of drive wrote a card that was like 
when he was five, this happened and he loved race cars. And like, you get the sense that his character actually has a bio and you learn about Kevin's bio in this movie, literally like he was born. And then As like, these are his parents, yeah, you see it, but yeah. you don't get the sense that the writer actually was like, you know, Kevin's like beyond this one sentence of Kevin's a little shit. Yeah, I, I didn't get the sense that Kevin has anything going for him besides being a little shit. And that is not complexity. That is just he's going to be a he's going to be a one dimensional problem in this story. Tilda Swinton has complexity. Her character has like different things going on, trying to balance like John C. Riley, her husband and her job and her kid, like the so other I, kid. I feel that like, there is complexity with uh, with Kevin because the reasons why he does certain things are interest me like. Like, why does he take out her sister's eye? His sister's eye. His sister didn't really do anything against him, and they seem to have a fairly semi-normal brother-sister relationship. Besides the implication that he didn't want a sister from the beginning. Right. So that's interesting. Like, why not, right? But, that's, like, that's true it, for, like, a lot of siblings. Right. Like, there's always, like, the, the jealousy of the the next child underneath, you know? Because then suddenly the attention is on that younger kid and not on you. And like, why does he have a thing with, for arrows? And like, why? Like, there there are a lot of whys for him that I think you can, you know. And there's no reasoning behind any of it. Like, <clears throat> you, the, the fact that you're even asking why, like, they couldn't even hint at like, oh, his dad gave him a bow, so that's why he likes arrows, or is there more to it? Or like, what was his school life really like that he felt like he was needed to fucking shoot it up or like you know like there's there's you're asking why and the film didn't give you any answers and they're that's just like I oh love kevin it. is that's like why this. i love it and because it's up yeah, to the viewer I, to be like to, i to, understand i agree with you yeah because films don't need to answer a question right, right. but in this sense we're talking about specifically him whether or not he's multi-dimensional or one-dimensional so in this case you have to be able, the film has to give you something to say he's multi-dimensional right but like uh, I have two things to say. I, I feel like he is kind of like a Joker character. Like he's, he is, he just is chaos. Like he's not, he's, I don't know if there's anything that makes him interesting outside of just that he likes chaos. But he still has like the Joker. You still get the sense that there is a complex, life that built up to the moment that you see him in the dark night. Like you get the sense that he has a history. He has a past and like you get, you, you get the sense that maybe he is just chaos, but, and he might say he's just chaos, but there's still this like rationality or something like beyond the chaos that, that helps him move forward. Like he's a genius in how he's able to set everything up. So maybe he's chaotic, but he's still smart. So it starts to add these different levels to his character where Kevin is just like, I hate you. Yeah, I feel like I hate you. What you're arguing Fuck is you. That I hate you. Get out. I want to Kevin I put on my own pants. Like a like, past. There's nothing about him that's like you think there's something else going on. It's it's and I get that the focus of the film is also on Tilda Swinton. Like she's the main character. So the complexity comes from her having to deal with her shitty husband, her shitty kid, and the fact that she, like, loves her daughter, but then her daughter gets her eye plucked out and then eventually killed. I mean, I think what, I think also part of what the film is trying to, like, for me, this is for me, is that 
this is this is a new face of like what Jacob was talking about. His, his character is like the new face of like what chaos could be in like middle class or upper class or you know what whatever you want to like just like maybe like even white America uh, of of he has no real um, exact you know reason that anybody could you know a psychologist or somebody could pinpoint to why he's doing the things that he's doing or did which is scary you know like i think i think what lynn ramsey was trying to tap into is this idea that a human in all their complexity could be simply a vessel to torment another person or people it, 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 and like as simple as that could be it, it, and it's it's horrific and I think because through that simplicity, there can be complexity, if that makes any sense. And I'd have to probably really dissect it and like write it out. I'd have to like really go through the movie and write it all out. And I think that's what I like this movie about. It's like, I think I, I really think I could make an argument, maybe just not super well right at the moment, where like I really, I do feel that his character is complex. I mean, I guess that's just the one thing I just would disagree with with you keith but yet i understand where you're coming from for sure because like you said the, the history with like the joker and with characters of that sort um have that they're more layered but they are also more anti-hero the you know joker what uh, connects him to so many people is that he's an anti-hero he, he's not an anti-hero of any sorts he's 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 like just literally a personification of almost like evil you know, which is different, right? But the thing, the thing why Joker works is that you can't, you can't have a, a character that's just I am chaos. That is right. what we call one dimensional. Yeah, that is one thing that you're describing for the character. The Joker is more complex than that, right? But is he, but he, is he scarier than than this guy? I don't think so. I mean, I've never been scared of the Joker. I, I mean, think that's why he's so people like him so much. Is he's not like a scary character. No, he's like he's just a yeah. terrorist. Yeah. Is all, Whereas I think what they're going more with this idea of like of real like kind of like a horror with this with with mm-hmm. with Kevin is it, he's he the complexity lies in the fact that he has this because it's probably a facade, maybe not. Uh, it's complex in the sense that we're even having this discussion about the character that seems to be yeah. almost one-dimensional. Yeah, like, like there, there's, he wants us to think that he's one-dimensional almost. You, you know, because like, he's because he because he's smart. Like you know, yeah. he's smart. You yeah. know, he's he's you someone with a low IQ can't think of every single fucking thing that he's done. Like just the fact that he's not wearing a fucking sh- like jacket in the cold weather. It's dumb, but yet it's smart in the sense of like it just adds, yeah, like every single little thing that he did. And he, he's, you know, because yeah, that, that has to be thought out. That has to be thought out. It takes he, more brain power to to think of shit like that than it is to just like do something normal. <laughs> he, he, he's got a lot of social awareness. Like he understands how people work. Yeah, you know, from a very early age. From, yeah, from a very yeah. early age, and I know people like, um, gosh, gosh, uh, uh, Manson, 
Like I know, I know Manson. Like he like grew grew up in prison, and he showed early stages, like early on, of of being able to manipulate people and and kind of um, convince them to do things. Like I remember in elementary school, he convinced like this uh, little uh, his his friend who was a girl to beat up this other boy for him, and she had she had no like history of violence like at all or beating up any other kids, and that is like. Throughout his career of being a serial killer, or I don't think we can actually classify him as one because he never actually killed anybody, he would like convince people to do his bidding. And I, I see a lot of Charles Manson in Kevin, like just that style. Yeah, I mean, of even the fact manipulation. Yeah, because he like he's like, hey, retard, to his sister, you know, give me a soda or whatever, and she comes back, she's like, no root beer, you know, whatever, and then yeah. like. There's like a little bit of like that manipulation, but yet at the same time it seems semi brotherly, sisterly. But yet because you know yeah. of all the crazy shit you did before with his mom, you're like, huh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like played off, right? So like <laughs> everything is like played off as a like brother sister thing or just typical grow up thing. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't think you could play off the masturbation scene though, because you know, how do you? I don't, I don't think that can be looked at in any other way besides this guy is a sociopath. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's super interesting, man, because like it, the movie doesn't give you anything to really give you any contrast to his character besides just a few little scenes, you know. Yeah where he's literally mean to her every single fucking scene, except for just a few, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's Tilda's movie, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not Kevin's movie. And one of the like products of having a very focused character movie, like character focused movie is that some of the other characters might appear thin. You know, I talked to someone about 500 days of summer, uh, that Joseph Gordon Levitt, like indie flick from, or the 2009 or some shit and like his character is complex and interesting and he's an asshole and he's the worst person ever but Zoe Deschanel's character is like bland as a button but like they were complaining about how like bland and awful she is and it was like well that's like his perspective of who she is and I can kind of see that Kevin in this movie being Tilda Swinton's um, perspective of Kevin and not actually Kevin yeah, I mean, I guess if we if we step back and we look at the film not as um, like dissecting characters, and we and we purely look at it as a as how like Lynn Ramsey orchestrates the film through editing and through performance, but not through character. It's interesting because the film, for me at least, is an intriguing film. It it does suck you in. Um, and for a two hour run time, for me, it seemed shorter than that. Um, yeah, like, and I, the, the mechanization or whatever of, of film, of the film maker behind all of it, uh, feels like she's very aware of like what you were just saying. Um, and yeah. that you could, you could, you could literally have another argument and just be like, you know, Kevin is just a tool for, for shining a light on a character that 
Tilda Swinton plays because she exists in in many different facets of everyday life. I mean, not everybody has a, as a kid that has done a school shooting, but there are many women or men that have dealt with things similar, whether it's, you know, having a son that um, did anything um, semi-horrible or even like an accident, like, you know, oh yeah, you know, my son was the one that accidentally um, swerved off the side of the road and hit a uh, gas, you know, uh, gasoline right. truck and it killed 15 people, you know, uh, you know, sure. like, and, and almost the shame of that, even though it really was nobody's fault, it, you'd still go through kind of the semi process, you know, like that the same grieving process in a way, you know, encountering people that were affected by someone that you yeah. like, you know, like the part when the, the guy in the wheelchair comes up to her in the parking lot and he's, okay with the fact that he isn't you can tell he's he's not upset with her that her son did this so that he's forgiven that you right know? um and it was like you know hope you feel or hope you get better or whatever right i don't know i i feel like but that contrast with like the person who punched her in the face you know right right so you kind of right. get like both sides of humanity there so it, yeah. it feels like the filmmaker is not like taking a stand and is just kind of throwing all this stuff out there and letting you figure it out or you kind of decide how you want to feel about it, which I really appreciate right. that. Yeah. Did she really try to give you a decision about how you're supposed to feel for things? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know about what gives you the, um, for like the movie in itself. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, the movie didn't I think take like a stand. No, the movie is letting everyone else take their own stand. So it's not telling you to feel a certain way, but it is encouraging you to think about it. Yeah. I, 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 cause I didn't think it was like a preachy movie. Like it seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like I it's don't feel al- like al- it's, it's almost a clinical movie, which I liked. It seems kind of clinical. Did, did you feel like it was like that Keith? Is that why you asked it with the, with the cadence that, that you just did? Well, you guys keep saying that she's like leaving a lot up to interpretation and I never really got the sense that there was a lot left up to interpretation. I mean, I guess in the sense that we're arguing about whether or not he's dimensional or multidimensional or one-dimensional, but it seemed like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really get the sense that there was a lot of things you need to interpret interpret out of this movie. I don't know. I mean, in a way that just seems kind of closed minded because just this is just because when you look at the film and the way it's made, it can't just be a simple cookie cutter fucking movie. I don't think it's just like Refn, right? His movies are so like so. You could also use the word clinical too. everything is so exact, but yet the movie isn't exact, you know, like it, it. his movies, you always, you know, they definitely make you think, and there's different ways to interpret it. Just so like what's this. A, what's a clear, clear thing in this movie? Like clear in the sense that what's an obvious thing in this movie that we are supposed to interpret that could be left up to interpretation? Uh, that could, I, that could I, be I would left. say just her, like her, just it's just like feelings, you know. It's like the the feeling that she has about her kid. Like, we don't actually know exactly how she feels. We can only, like, interpret how she is feeling 
through the experience of the movie. And I feel like you could, like I when I watched this movie, I was thinking that he was intimidate that he was always intimidated by her, and that he was like challenging the beast the whole time. But Byron watched it thinking uh, that he just wants to punish her because he knows that because because he grew up with her hating him. And that was like how that was just like what he like mirrored that because like kids always mirror things, you know, so you can look at it like in those two ways. But the movie doesn't tell you which one it is. It just asks you to think about it. I mean, that's like a good chunk of movies in general are just left up like to your interpretation. You can't you can't like like, you can't like it's hard to say that this movie was really though. Could you do that? Like Adam Sandler movies and Marvel movies. I'm not saying that's why I didn't say all. I said most movies are most movies are like what we were talking about earlier, which would be like the Adam Sandler and the Will Ferrell and the Marvel. And those are what most movies are. I think I think most movies that are maybe art house would be maybe more like what you're talking. No, I I like movies that pause and like make you think about it. You know, like I, I, too. I, I like the conversation at dinner after the movie. Like I'm I, saying I enjoy that. The majority of movies you can find things of like, well, I thought this character was like that, or right. I thought this character right. was like this. Okay. The good vast majority of movies, regardless of Marvel or Studio or whatever. So it, obviously we're gonna have things in this movie where it's like, well, I thought it was kinda like this. I don't think it was necessarily her intention to be like well i'm gonna leave these for your interpretation i think there was a lot of things that were i mean there were things in the movie i think that yeah you could interpret it you know like i don't know the the emotions and the the dialogue made things what dialogue there was made things pretty straightforward with how people were like dealing with things i mean i i i I'm almost 95% sure that Lynn Ramsey in interviews almost describes this movie as a mystery. And that's kind of how I took it is the film is super simple. And the fact that it does seem straight, but it doesn't really give you like any sort of closure Mm -hmm. or real reasons. And because of that, it just makes me want to dig more and more and more and more and more. And that makes it more complex for me. Because then I start questioning my own interpretation of what it is. I mean, I've seen this movie like, God, close to probably 10 times, you know? And like, I, I, yeah, it's just because I love the editing of it. What does that say about you there, buddy? I love care. I love movies that deal with characters that just seem so fucking repellent to people that I'm like, I love this. Like I, the fact, and then it makes me go like, why, why do I like that? And that's why I find his character so fascinating because there's nothing there that I almost, I'm almost putting myself in him, which I find right. is a very unique thing for, and I, and, and quite possibly Lynn Ramsey was doing that on purpose. Like, let me put what viewers fears are or viewers, um, uh, what, what they might just put on the character because there's not much there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, some people I, might be I, like, you know what? I'm not seeing much in this character, so I'm not going to even try and put anything on the character. Some people are like, okay, I'm not seeing much in this character, so maybe she's doing this. And they start putting their own thing into it. And I think that's a talent in itself because you, she's she could be um, forcing the viewer to put their own uh, 
thoughts into the characters purposefully by making a character that seems like there's nothing going on there. Yeah, I mean, that was literally my experience watching this movie with, <laughs> with him. Because uh, there, there was just things that he was doing... Uh, not the masturbation scene, of course. I'm going to say that first. <laughs> but there's things where I was like, <laughs> I've done things like that. You know, like I've oh, I've, yeah. I've been you that little asshole. You plucked your sister's eye out? Well, no, but like I... <laughs> like twisting the I've, dog, trying to see how yeah, much you can play with, right? Yeah, like I've pushed boundaries and everyone's yeah. really done that. But then, you know, there's times where like, you know, when I was in high school... Uh, or no, uh, when I was in elementary school, I like tried to break my sister's bike cause I was pissed at her, you know? And then there was like a time in high school where like I, you know, uh, was asleep on the couch and apparently there was a medical emergency and I was so like knocked out for some reason. I just slept a lot when I was that age. Uh, and someone like they needed to like call like an ambulance to pick up like one of my siblings and i i was supposed to be watching everybody and i just wasn't uh so like <laughs> that, that's super fucked up but you know and i feel really bad because like i cannot believe that i didn't get up because that is insane um but you know it is what it is and but like i, I see these like patterns and like and like i feel like the kevin character is a kind of going back to what you were saying Keith about how he's like a little shit and I feel like I was this little shit but he he took it he took it somewhere where I would never take it you know and I think that's right. what's really frightening is I feel like in all of us there's like this little I mean there's a voice in all of us that says to do like the most fucked up shit ever right <laughs> like I think we can all admit that maybe maybe I'm the weird one here or maybe I'm the serial killer probably not um, but uh, I, feel like, I feel like that's Keith, if anybody. The fact that you have to say that and then <laughs> clarify it with, they'll probably not. But, uh, but, but I'm the one talking about this. Uh, yeah. It's like I you're trying just, to feel everyone to out. Like, about. does anyone else feel these serial killer impulses <laughs> yeah. that I do? Does anyone else, like, hear voices? Uh, yeah. Who else hears voices? <laughs> no, uh, I mean, no, but, like, you know, like, he went to the place where, like, my brain could always go, but never me. You know, and that was like really frightening to see like, oh, he went there, you know. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, I think that's and that's kind of what I mean is like I, I the things that his, Kevin does in the movie are so horrible there. But there, it's not anything that I haven't thought of, you know, like honestly, in, in, in my in my work, not ever that I would do them. But they are things that I've thought of. I mean, I think it's like human nature. Oh, Everybody sure. thinks of like really fucked up shit. Um yeah, I um, think some people whether, just, they call it like fleeting thoughts, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's almost the fleeting thoughts are, you know, said to be even, you know, just the the idea that you know what is wrong. Yeah. You know, like like because you wouldn't have those fleeting thoughts if you didn't realize they were wrong necessarily. I mean, you you could. It's interesting. You, that's a whole other topic. Do, but, do, um, we, do we think Kevin knows that that what he did was wrong? Do we think? I that think he, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so I think too. so because I think he's like you said, socially aware. Yeah. Yeah, I whole, think he gets it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I the whole scene where he's like, they they do that insert cut of him on the tape being like, "Oh, do you think people wouldn't watch the TV 
if it wasn't yeah. for what I did, like yeah. he knows what he did. Like, yeah, and that ties in with like kind of the serial killer thing of doing it for fame, almost. You know, where he's like yeah. kind of relishing getting videotaped in a way. At least I kind of picked up on that. I, I don't know, and um, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I growing up with two younger brothers and a younger sister, I also. Um, Are you the oldest? I am. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of, kind <laughs> of like put some. Uh, of my own personal like um ho- like things that would be horrific to me or you know what i mean like in my mom is so unlike tilda swinton's character in the sense of like and like my relationship with my mom is, is so different than that like my yeah. mom was like so like it does have it's just a super good relationship and i could never like think of doing half the stuff that he did but there were things where, you know, where he's like, where he just like take, you know, he's making his sandwich or whatever. And he just like puts the, you know, slams the, the bread with the jelly or whatever all over the counter. And like, you know, those yeah. are all things I think like we all did, you know, we're, we're staring at my mom, you know, and just like do it. It's like and you're just like it's almost like a power thing, right? You're like, so what are you going to do about it? What, what are you going to do? About it? I mean, I think I think I'm, probably all of us have done something like that. Um, oh, for sure. So yeah. like, but by doing that, by putting those little scenes in there, they do like, like Keith said, they do read as, as just like, he's just a fucking shit. Um, yeah. But also I think the perp, a purpose of it, not maybe not the purpose, because I think it just depends on how you read it, but a purpose of it could be just giving, um, uh, the viewer an idea of like, oh, maybe you did something similar. And then trying to think about how horrific that could have be. They're like, oh my God, I have I have done that. Could I have become this? Or could I, you know, it's almost it's almost like this, I don't know. It's almost like Tree of Life for me, where uh Terrence Malick gives you so many different little things that those young boys have done um in their childhood that anybody that's grown up in a similar way with like other siblings or or in that era or parents that are like that could relate to certain aspects of it, which also reflect their, each viewer reflects their own personal uh, history onto the characters that you're watching. So I think Glenn Ramsey's doing that with uh, Kevin. Yeah. I By leaving him one dimensional. You make him multidimensional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I think, no, I think that's, what, that's what it is. That's what I'm, that's what I've been trying to say yeah, I is think, I think, I think that's, by leaving, uh, by making him one dimensional and making him horrific, the, depending on who you are, obviously it didn't work for, for Keith, but for me, I was putting my own thoughts into him because I was like, this guy is such a shit. Why is he such a shit? And then I start reflecting on myself and then I put that on him. And that's where I think horror can come from it. And I think that's, I think that's what's interesting about the film. And I think that's why it's complex. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's fascinating that the three of us watched this movie and, and took something different. Right. Like took, took something different away from, like each of us did with the showing or not that we had a showing, but you know, when we watched it. Yeah. Like Keith, you were like, this is just a little shit. Uh Byron, you were you were thinking that he was just trying to piss off his mom, which I guess could go along with a little shit. And I just thought he was afraid of his mom. But I think it, it all in all, like it's always about the mother 
and some like relationship and just how like it went wrong here. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I it's so it awesome that we, <laughs> we all view it differently. I think it's cool. I think that's, what's great about this podcast because we've all, you know, I think it also says something too about how we view movies, you know, in general and how, how what we think maybe uh, constitutes a movie. And I know we've touched upon this before too. Um, Cause like Keith, you were saying like, you feel that if you're going to have a complex character, like there are certain, there are certain things that the filmmaker has to do for that. Right. Um, and if they don't do that, then you can have a one dimensional character. And then that just leaves them one dimensional, um, which is a very, it, it's, it, it has a lot of logic to it and it has a lot of um, points to it. Um, and I just find it interesting that like I can view it differently and, and Keith can feel, or uh, Jacob can feel it differently as well. Um, I, I, I don't know. It just fascinates me. And I, that's what's so cool about film as an art form, because um, it's it like it, the psychology of it is like, yeah, is interesting, which I don't, again, it, it seems kind of like a hipster ishy kind of thing to do is start like really theorizing about it. Cause film theory is so dependent on past personal experiences, I think. Well, uh, yeah, like all theory, you know? Like, right. look, at, look at Freud, right. dude. Like, exactly. Freud is just, he exactly. is all just like, I'm just making this shit up, you know? That's Freud, what Freud, Freud, the Freud would, what would Freud think about this movie? <laughs> Jesus. Freud God, the he would love the yeah, masturbation the scene in front of the mom for sure. That'd be his favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his favorite scene. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you, the difference between a good movie and a bad movie is you can spend hours talking about the good movie, but the bad movie, you're just like, eh, I feel like that's what we just did on the podcast. Like we just watched Keith and we're like, we're like, Oh, okay. Nothing to talk about. But then this movie, we have like a ton to talk about and a ton of interesting conversations to have from this movie. I think the existence of the room shits all over exactly what you just said because the room is one of the most talked about movies ever, right? And but, analyzed uh, and whatever, but but I would argue so, that so that is sh- a good movie. I would argue. <laughs> so is it good or is it enjoyable? Because I think those can be mixed too, right? Because it could be a bad movie, but it could be an enjoyable bad movie. Well, I think Keith, the movie is more of an enjoyable movie than oh, we need to God, talk about no. Kevin. No. Yes. Totally. No. It's like, no. It, I didn't it's, enjoy it at, at one bit. You know how many times I had to stop well, it's so, it and it's watch some YouTube videos? It's like an easy to movie it. to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had seen that movie before. I thought you said you saw it before. Oh, uh, Keith? Keith yeah. Oh, no. No, oh. I had never seen Keith. No. Uh-oh. What, what yeah, did you oh, say, Byron? Oh, God. I was having difficulty through it, man. I had to pause it, watch YouTube videos, and then. Then go uh, back to it, and then like you know, watch an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm, and then go back to it. I just like <laughs> it was a tough one to get through, just because it was so Bad. boring. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because I was I was playing a uh, Phone Destroyer, that new South Park game, throughout the whole movie, <laughs> and, and it was good because we were having a good like uh, messenger little thing there for a while too. Because I was just like. This like time away because like I'm watching this thing and I'm just like my brain is like not into it at all and I'm like oh man right but I feel like it's like an easy movie to watch you know like if you're like Kevin Kevin is a hard it's hard but Kevin is hard because it's so heavy. 
Like, I think sometimes, like, if you're going to do, like, a rewatch of something, like, you want something just kind of a little bit lighter and fluffy and safe. And that is, like, what Keith is. Kevin is, like, a hard movie to, like, watch. And I feel like you have to really sit down and watch it. I don't know. Like, I, I started Detroit when I, last night, and then I was continuing um, when I got home from work. And uh, that movie is a very heavy movie. It's very intense. You're, like, in it. Like... It's one that will people will, will will probably sit up in the theater and and because they're 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 physically um, upset about what they're watching the injustice that they're seeing on screen. Um, right. And it, but for me, it's an easy movie to watch because I'm just focused. All I have to do is be like, okay, what's going? Like, what's going? You know what I mean? For yeah, me, like, it's like I'm so I'm so respond. in it. Yeah, I'm so in yeah. it that it's it's yeah. easy for me. And um, but some people because it's so heavy it's like oh god i i could walk out i want to walk out but you know what i i'm, I'm kind of invested in these characters but i don't want to see it but i've never been like that um, so i can see i can see what you're saying though yeah, yeah. i just yeah in i mean it's like the same I, I i see it as maybe something similar to our marvel dc conversation we had last week on the podcast just like the the whole like escapism thing like keith keith is more escapism because it's like characters that just will never exist in the real world but kevin like it's so grounded in reality uh apparently or seemingly that it it feels kind of real and it like you you could believe that this was a thing that's happening because like people experience that shame people experience like kids do commit like mass murders and that's uh like a huge thing right now in the news so it's like do I want to go home and watch and just escape and watch Keith? Or do I want to go home and like be reminded that there's a bunch of mass shootings? <laughs> yeah. I like to go home and watch a bunch of mass shootings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Were those the YouTube videos you're watching? <laughs> you're watching the Vegas shooting. <laughs> it's actually on LiveLeak. Can't get that on YouTube. Oh, yeah. LiveLeak. That's the good stuff. Dude, yeah. yeah, I find I find all those. If those I want to feel something, yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's well. Crazy. Here's what I say: Cheers to your opinions about Kevin Jacob. <laughs> cheers to your opinions about. What Kevin. you guys are doing shots? Why didn't you tell me? I would have gotten a shot. <laughs> Oh, I didn't hell? know if you were going to be drinking some hard alcohol, but uh, cheers <laughs> to your opinions about yeah. about that movie, and uh, <laughs> cheers to your opinions being wrong. <laughs> Happy, uh, happy birthday. <laughs> I can't, can't believe you guys are doing shots without me. I feel so betrayed. I'm going to have to go do shots upstairs after the podcast, after we record. Okay. My Just parents will be like, why are you doing that? And I'll be like, "I, it's for Keith's birthday. And they, <laughs> they get it. It's a millennial so- thing. That's the best part about this episode is that since it's my birthday, I just decree all your opinions hey, yeah, wrong. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, so yeah, Keith was the best movie. Uh, oh, totally. Wait, really? Well, that's what Keith's saying. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that was a really bad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard when the movie is just poorly my name, formed. Like, yeah, poorly formed. Um, and, okay, so I think with this one, I don't think we need to guess people's um opinions well, actually, i don't know about them. jacobs i'm pretty he liked he liked the kevin okay okay i, I think uh i think well, he maybe the we kevin should more maybe we okay. should guess no maybe i mean we yeah, should just guess for me 
All right, let's me. just do it for Jacob. Because we vote. know that you guys both like Kevin. I'm going to vote Kevin for you. I guess I'll vote Kevin, too, because I know that... Yeah. Yeah. I'll go Kevin, for sure. Yeah, it was Kevin. <laughs> um, so, Woo. I want to make it clear that I didn't... I liked I liked the movie, the when you're talking about Kevin. I didn't love it, but it, but it, was, I, it, was, yeah. it was not a bad movie. Um, despite the glaring things that I found to be had like to be issues, and then you know it's, and then the one thing that actually really bothered me more than anything was him shooting up the school with a bow and arrow really undercut the drama of shooting up like a like the impact of shooting up a school if that makes sense yeah, like. Yeah. There's something about walking in oh, with a oh. gun that's like, you know, bang, 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 and then having however many bullets, yeah. you know, a thousand bullets to shoot a thousand students. Whereas this, he had like, what, 15 arrows? And yeah. then what if he missed like half of them? Right. That's still a lot of people to hit an arrow with and devastating. If it, if someone walked into your school with a bow and arrow and started shooting people, yeah. that's devastating. But it seemed to... Just sort of, for at least for me, undercut the impact—not the drama, the impact of, you know, doing something like shooting up a school. That is interesting. That is funny. It's, I, I never even thought of it, but that's a kind of an interesting point. It just kind of made it cheesy, which, in my opinion, was the incorrect decision. I'm trying to remember the first time I watched it, how I thought of what I thought about that, and I want to say that I kind of did feel that that it felt like, oh, why arrow? Are they just doing it because it's a gimmick? Like it's something new that we haven't seen before. Um, and then just when I watched it more and more, I started trying to maybe put like, kind of like some like mythology into it, you know, like what, you know, uh, um, yeah, like some Greek archers or yeah, something, or but... something, um, right. or, or like Robin fact... Hood type stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that it, he's, I think he's doing it not because he wants to kill as many people as he can. Cause I don't think that was his intention. I think his intention was the fact that he just, the act of doing it or even attempting is going to be enough to get. That. I'm going to be known as that right. kid who shot up the school with a bow and arrow. Like yeah. that, or just like to get to his mom. Like, yeah. you know what? My son yeah. did. Cause and it, at least attempted a school shooting or a school massacre or whatever. See, my thing is that, the fact that you feel like you have to fill in so many gaps and in certain scenarios, I'm okay with that. If it's, if it's intentional, if it's, if the movie already has other things going for it and the movie is that type of movie, right? then that makes sense. But the fact that you have to fill in so many gaps about Kevin, to me, sort of feels like a failure on the filmmaker's part. I respect we that. kind I mean, of I can, talked about this. I can the, see why. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like we kind of talked about this a little bit in our own private conversation about like only God forgives and refin and, mm -hmm. and people having to fill in all the gaps. The thing and, and the difference I find with refin is that like it's more intentional. Like yeah. he's, he's leaving gaps and making things very visual so that, you have to, the interpretation is more there. His intent is there. And his films also, um, you, uh, if, if, if not for plot, you're watching it uh, as a continuation of like fetishism. 
Yeah. Like there, there, there's, there's, there's more to it than just the plot there. Yeah. There, his you focus can, is on the themes and the tone and exactly. the, everything else around exactly. the like, which Whereas, is why the inter in, the uh, intention and interpretation thing works, right? Yeah, there's no fetishism in, in we need to talk about Kevin. There's no um there's not a lot besides editing technique. Right. There's not a lot right. of um that is keeping you um in that keeps the film going. Right. Because it's just a lot of the it's a lot of just him being a shit. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not it's not um it's it yeah it, it's whereas yeah. refin there's more than just a continuation of images that are almost the same but vary in tone or yeah. extremity but and then he builds his complexity in other areas yeah. so just to me it feels like a failure on the filmmaker's part however sure. that said i do want to make it clear that i really really want to see her newest movie uh you were never really here with yeah. joaquin phoenix yeah so like this movie didn't Let's... just like turn me off from lynn ramsey's work or like and like i said i didn't i liked the movie like yeah you know it wasn't a bad movie right I, I feel that this i feel that you know you were never really here is going to be even leaner and even possibly more less dimensional from what i've read it seems like the only thing you know about joaquin phoenix's character is that he's ex like special forces and that he has a mission and that he does his thing and that's almost it and then it's just like and then it's just a it's it's literally a a you watch him do what he needs to get done because he has a contract which is interesting but see that's 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 what i'm talking about you're already adding dimension to his character like his character is right. already more dimensional like kevin's dimensionality oh, comes from yeah. everyone else there's nothing about him specifically that is right multi-dimensional but however i think the little yeah. girl in the movie will be more like kevin's character will be probably a little bit more one-dimensional maybe because i mean she's just a little girl yeah i mean that's a he's she's the she's kind of the what the stereotypical like you gotta say the a, girl yeah thing. it's more of a genre movie yeah yeah which is more mm. reffin right so it is more genre <laughs> movie, which is which also and that's the thing like there's so much context around what how you define filmmaker intention filmmaker failure um dimensionality like there's a lot of context around it right to to help define a lot of these terms none of these terms are really like talked about in isolation um but I think that's that's why we can talk about whether or not Kevin is actually a dimensional yeah. character, and then to have him be the titular person in the movie too is a it's a, that also kind of compounds it for me of like you could have done a little bit. We should read the more. book. <laughs> you can read the book and then tell me. <laughs> uh, can, can Give me go, your interpretation of the book. Can we go back to the Arrow Robin Hood thing real quick? I just thought of a new thing uh, on that. And I think I missed what you guys were saying just because of connection. But the uh, I, I you guys know what I'm talking about, where he's like shooting the people up in in the movie. Yeah. 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 Oh, OK, I was trying to get a word in, but like my connection totally failed and came back. So I'm just going to say it now. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think what I think part of like why the arrows thing uh, works for the movie is because that is like the one time that she connected with Kevin. So like when she's reading about the Robin Hood thing. Um, and I think that just kind of adds on to the, hey, you know, you remember that one time when you introduced me to arrows? Like, here's the result of that, you know? Um, well, it oh, was, exactly, it was yeah. well, just to clarify, it was the dad that introduced him to the bow and arrow. But 
it was if assuming assuming that the scene I, where yeah, the kid I guess, is connecting I mean, with I mean her. the Robin Hood like no. story, not the bow and arrow itself. Right. But like the what? reason he wants the bow and arrow is because of the Robin Hood story itself. Right. But the that his receiving the bow and arrow from his dad happens before that, and assuming that that scene where he's enjoying the book, having the book read by his mom, is a um. A manipulate. I fuck. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this now. I just lost it. But like, um, fuck. Oh, the only reason I could think of in terms of like why the bow and arrow would make sense in this movie and not be something that was just kind of dumb when it comes to shooting up the school is that he was using that one scene where he was enjoying having it that story read to him, like you guys said, as like a manipulation tactic so that when he did turn 15, almost 16 and he shot up the school with the bow that it would leave his mom extra devastated. Like it was just another like, yeah, plot piece to it. Or I, whatever, don't, right? I don't think he's planning that far ahead if that's what you're suggesting. Um, but I do think that he is smart enough to gauge that, Doing or doing it with the bow and arrow would have that effect on her. So I don't know if he's planning yeah. that when he's six, but I think when I don't he's think so. I don't 15, think that's the case. I think that's just it. I'm. Uh, it's more like yeah. I don't think that he's planning it that far ahead. Uh, it's possible that like he just when he got older, he kind of found the way to connect it. I'm I'm just saying like. That's the only reason I could think of that would justify the bow and arrow like part of things to to make it not seem like just goofy, you know? Yeah. And also it was his dad that gave him the bow and arrow, too, which is kind of and then he and then he kills his dad and his sister with the bow and arrow, which is obviously to to create an impact for the mother. Yeah. For Tilda Swinton. Right. But it is also interesting, like, uh, you know, the 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 lack of. I mean, how cold he has to be to to actually kill the person that he had the closest relationship to. Yeah. yeah. You know. Straight up fucking psychopathy, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, even psychopaths and sociopaths, as much as that mental state is so kind of one-dimensionally explained, there's still complexity behind that. So right. that's why it's just like I just expected a little more. Especially from like the titular character, like give it give it a little bit more. Um, yeah, for I mean sure. that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't have a ton more to say about either one of these movies. Yeah. Um, nor really another topic to really dig into. I know we're at about an hour forty right now. Um, yeah, I I just want to shout out to the sound of the movie because the sound was absolutely amazing. Uh, felt very artistic and different, and it was very loud, uh, but in a good way, and it it varied. And I felt like it was really like a sound person's kind of movie, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it also felt very visually interesting. So it felt like a cinematographer's movie too. So it kind of like had like every element. Um, but also another thing, just to shout out to, was just the makeup of uh, Kevin. Uh, just because yeah, it's like, 
Yeah, just like how like there's so much that was like conveyed by the makeup in this movie. And when you're jumping time wise back and forth, it's very, very clear because of the makeup, like what time we're in. And maybe her performance does some of that, too. And maybe some of the script and like the context of the locations and stuff. But I feel like the the makeup was that first grab where you're like, oh, now we're in a completely different time. And I felt like the makeup team did a really good job on this. Totally. Movie. And this is a good example of, cause I, to me, we've talked about this before, but uh, when it comes to people in general, uh, in, in films, shoes are big, but also hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And hair. Hair, and makeup. hair, hair and makeup for sure. Because I mean, you get the make you get with the makeup, you get the sense that, okay, in world one, she's, prim and proper she's with her job she's with her family world two she's disheveled not wearing makeup her face is more red um but i think more obvious than that is the hair and how much hair speaks to who you are because a lot of people spend a lot of time with their hair Uh, a lot of women spend a lot of time with their hair but a lot of men you know i think it's understated how much time men spend with their hair um, even just touching their hair and doing things with it, uh, and, you know, just looking at all three of our hairs, like yeah, I'm um, losing my hair. You're losing your hair. Sucks. It's because <laughs> you touch it too much. Uh, you touch it. Um, Damn it. But uh, <laughs> but the the cut back and forth between her very clean kind of like pixie ish yeah. cut versus her long, just tucked back behind the ear, just not doing anything with it, but keeping it out of yeah, the way. Yeah. Look, um, I think really, like you said, really helped sell the the feelings but also the time jumps because one of the big things that's hard for filmmaking is how do you visually discuss time jumps right yeah besides the very obvious one is black and white and one is in color you know what do you what else can you do to show that you've jumped around in time hair is a pretty like big one i think that is kind of overlooked um yeah by a lot of people I like, I don't think hair, like, I don't think a movie like this would be like at the Oscars for like hair and makeup. Like, I feel like that's like mostly for like period dramas. Like, you know, say that one more time. The, like, I don't think this movie would like go to like the award show for like hair and makeup and no, totally not. No, because it's not a period drama. Like, it's not like flashy enough to like show it but like without hair and makeup this movie would be horrible totally and that's just shows like the, what, what the the little details are what's more important than like the shit that's going to get you the award necessarily because like yeah. even for hair and makeup unless you're got some really intense costuming like you're not even competing you're not trying to compete with that yeah like, but I, it's like telling the story here yeah totally yeah, yeah totally. I, f- I feel like films like this you know was a super low budget um and stuff uh uh, to me, it shows like a, a definite maturity on the filmmakers and even the producers part on, OK, you know what? These are the things that we need to really make this movie successful. The, yeah. the, the, the fact that they knew that they needed these things to make the movie as good as it could be says a lot. Because I think in a maybe not so experienced film director and Lynn Ramsey hasn't done much at all, but she's definitely mature. She has enough films over a extended period of time, like, you know, few films over extended period of time where she, she definitely between films, she, she's putting a lot of thought into film. You know, you could just tell, um, yeah, that, that 
it it's not about spending a whole bunch of money into movies to really make him look good. You know, we've talked about this before, but like you said, I mean, without the makeup and the sound, the movie would be ten times like it just it it, it would lose so much. You know, like Absolutely. yeah. Like, well, like it would have to be picked up in other spots. You know, like the reason like we're able to have like a a very simple character with very very subtle uh emotions on a plain background is because we're able to feel it with the sound at a certain point or we're able to see it with the makeup or feel it with the the character themselves or what's going on else in the frame you know like this movie perfectly balances all the things into one package and like highlights what is necessarily necessary like in the moment and it does it yeah 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 I mean, the sound of the sprinklers, amazing. Yeah. That's my, one of my favorite parts. Yeah. yeah, sprinklers. And then she just, like, it just, like, cuts, and she's just standing in front of a jackhammer. Yeah. You know, like, the baby's yeah. crying, and then suddenly it's like she's near a jackhammer. And she would rather, I took that as she would rather hear the jackhammer than the baby crying. <laughs> oh, know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She was no, like, I, I hate the ba- sound the of the baby. Crying, yeah, just yeah. anything, yeah. I, I can't wait to for um, her new film because, um, from what I've heard, the sound is impeccable. That's the biggest thing that I've heard. All the I mean, the critics have loved it, and they are calling it like the you know, the the new you know the, the new Taxi Driver. Um, and it, because I think there's a lot you know there's a lot of similarities, but plot yeah. wise, but um, it's an Amazon but, movie. It's kind yeah, of which is pretty well. Yeah, yeah, um, which is cool. Speaking um, of Amazon movies. Too old to die young. Oh yeah, dude. That's starting to shoot. What is Can't that? Wait. That's good news. That's uh Amazon Refn got a con like got started working with Amazon to produce an Amazon series um called Too Old to Die Young. Um so it's a Refn TV series essentially. What yeah. what uh what's it about? Uh LA Crime. Yeah, that's LA all they're Crime. saying. More in the vein of like his pusher movies, yeah, uh, with Miles Teller as the main uh, main actor for that, mm-hmm. and also they, he did he posted that picture with like a bunch of different actors and actresses that'll yeah. be in it, and I saw Jenna Malone yeah, was slipped in there a little back. bit, so um, that's his only one nice, that I saw solid. that he's worked with before, I think, but uh, yeah, um, I I cannot wait, man, and every episode will be directed by him, so yeah, that'll be interesting super, to see. That's Super sweet. Curious. So he, he is the uh, he's kind of a showrunner here. He yeah. is the show. Yeah, yeah he created the show. It's, it's all it's, directed, he, wrote, yeah. he wrote it, and yeah, yeah, it's all it's all him. Well, Neon Demon was uh, Amazon at least was picked up for um, distribution by yeah, Amazon at least. Right. So they've oh. you know, he's kind of found a home there that because I think Amazon's like scrambling to pick up a bunch of different shit. All like yeah, you know, spending a bunch of money on their on their content. To yeah. kind of make it comparable to Netflix. <laughs> when is Amazon too. not? I feel like Amazon is constantly scrambling. I feel like that is just like the state of Amazon. It like doesn't feel always like buying shit and pretty doing much weird, yeah. weird shit and R and D like all the way. You know. Yep. It does feel a little kind of calculated. It doesn't feel like random. You know, at least to me. No, oh, for sure. Actually, oh, no, yeah. it's totally yeah, calculated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 It's totally calculated, but uh, it just seems like they're always trying to a calculated scrambling to get into every market and scrambling to make that market right, theirs type right, of thing. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they have their finger in like every pie. You know. I love that yeah. title, Too Old to Die Young. <laughs> I thought it's kind of cheesy, but <laughs> it's kind of cool. I yeah, I mean it's cheesy in that like 80s sense. There's something cliche about it, yeah. like uh or like or like uh I'm 14 and this is deep type of thing. Yeah, like, I guess that's true. <laughs> At the same time, weird. I wonder how it's going to be used in a crime, L.A. crime thing. Because I think Miles Teller plays a cop. I think so. Yeah. So oh. I'm, I'm curious. I'm he curious. looks young, too, which is really odd to me. My, Maybe he Miles plays a young cop. Teller, that's the guy in Whiplash, right? That's that guy? From Whiplash, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Whiplash, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did you yeah, guys yeah, see they're, they're remaking uh, that war film, Hell's Angels, with Miles Teller? Angel. Making what movie? Uh, Hell's Angels. They're remaking Hell's no Angels? Way. Yeah. Oh, and and they're going to have a, they're going to have like a 20 second shot at the beginning of it of an angel. Oh my God. <laughs> fuck out of here Jesus fucking Christ oh, you guys didn't get that when I said God it last time. damn it well, we, we did, they it cut out, out. oh it cut out there we go yeah. God that was a really it. bad shoehorn on your part to fit in the angel I, I forgot I forgot I was thinking this whole time about what I was going to say for Skinny's uh, outro and I haven't but uh, I totally forgot about the angel thing oops <laughs> well we got it in um all right, I feel pretty good yeah. about uh, this episode, so I think we can wrap it up here. Let's um, do it. So if you have any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact corrections, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. We're always trying to learn new things, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also visit our Facebook page and join our group to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes, all of which can be found on iTunes or or and at uh, soundcloud.com slash, slash BTB films. If you like the show, please rate it and leave a comment on iTunes because it helps us uh, helps move us up on the list. Uh, our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. And if you yeah. like the movie today, the Kevin movie, you can watch the sequel. We've got to skin Kevin because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're off. You're. Uh, I'm on. You're just not on. You're not on point tonight. I think, I think you got, need another. I think we've you, got to I think skin you need to take Kevin. A shot. That's funny. I we've think got you need to, to go take a shot. We've got to skin Kevin. That's funny. You guys just. You guys aren't comedy guys. You guys just no good. <laughs> oh, I'm man. so on. Uh, you guys are off. You're off because it's your birthday. Uh, I can do whatever I want because it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next week we'll be covering Brick and Brothers Grimm starting our second masterclass featuring Ryan Johnson sort of in lead up to uh, The Last Jedi. Um, so Ooh. yeah, uh, Brick is uh, <clears throat> Brick and Brothers Grimm are both interesting movies so definitely check those out. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks guys. Bye. Welcome to this week's episode of the Back Test. To- test. Oh, a bitch. Sorry. <laughs> I'm rolling, what? but we're gonna test the audio oh, right shit. now. Well, yeah, I was, I was rolling, but uh, yeah, quick, yeah. Uh. <laughs>